Hello and welcome back to another episode of Boss Your Business. And today we're going to have a little bit of fun. So we'll start with the whole official whole shebang and then we'll drop the official thing and you're going to know exactly why in just a second. Today I have as Kendra Lucy, the driving force behind KendraLucy.com. And by the way, guys, that's one S and two E's. Yes, even the German took a little bit to finally remember that. As always, you're going to find it in the show descriptions. Kendra seamlessly combines 25 years of digital marketing processes and knowledge and amazingness with advanced mindset mastery and NLP techniques to empower business owners to rewire their mindset, master marketing, and claim their success. As an award-winning marketer with a commanding grasp of the digital and omni-channel strategies, she trusts she is a trusted go-to professional who has shared her wisdom as a San Diego social media professor for nearly a decade. And impossible because you can't have been teaching for nearly a decade at the age, age of 29, just saying. <laughs> Kendra also co-authored the Digital Etiquette for Dummies, which just underscores her expertise, let's be honest. Her live streaming finesse shines through 100 and plus captivating interviews with top tier partners, including renowned universities. And with degrees from UCSD and Purdue, Kendra dedicated... Kendra's dedication to knowledge led her to master neurolinguistic programming, timeline therapy, and hypnotherapy, forming a unique blend of marketing brilliance and mindset mastery, who is now ready to guide entrepreneurs over 40, helping them unearth their true worth, build confidence, generate leads, and cultivate purpose-driven, sustainable businesses. So guys, now you have the official version of this. The unofficial version is I'm drinking coffee right now because Kendra and I went out last night to the Podfest Expo Tour and I stayed out past my bedtime. We didn't go till two o'clock in the morning, guys. We did not. However, having Kendra right here in town and being a fellow podcaster... I don't know, since COVID, it's, we've usually, I've been fairly early in bed, but we were out last night till what, 10.30 or something? Easily, yeah. It was a really fun event. It was really fun to get to meet new people. Meet a lot of podcasters. Lay of the podcast land in San Diego. I do have to admit that the PodFest team and the community was really fun. It was really fun. Open up connecting with people really easily so yeah guys you're gonna have fun on this episode today because i'm on coffee here i am yeah you know me and i like evenings and i've had my coffee so i'm ready to go (laughs) (laughs) it's like welcome welcome to the insiders club guys yeah kendra is one one of my close friends so we're gonna have some fun today however i have realized in this podcast that even though I often think I know people really well and then I bring up my first question and suddenly it's wait what how did I not know that so here it is all right how did you get here how did Kendra become who she is today what was your yellow brick road Ooh, great question yellow brick road It has so many different winding turns. And I think it comes down to the fact that 
actually it's not even winding turns it's like stops it's like the yellow brick road just like cut off and then you have to like navigate across terrain for a while to find another freaking yellow brick road <laughs> and then you're like there it is i have been laid off six times in my career like I would win this great award and then they would cut the department down or we'd launch this really big project and they'd give credit to somewhere else and get rid of our department or get rid of our branch or whatever it was. So I've been laid off six times in my career and I fought starting my own business, Evie. Like <laughs> I absolutely was like, I don't want to do that. And it was because my parents had their own business, but they had a lawn and garden business. And they had it for 26 years. It was open seven days a week from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. And they worked their asses off. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want that life. But that was the only model I had. And it was the only example I saw. So I tried starting my own business. And I did for a little while in 2002 or 2002 after, after 2001. Yeah, because I got laid off because of 9-11. And I started my own business for a little while and did some consulting and it was fine, but technology wasn't there. Like I tried to move to San Diego and I was doing consulting and actually working part-time for my friend's company. And I was moving from Denver, my company, like the person lived in Chicago. The company was based out of West Lafayette, Indiana. I was working remotely and trying to explain that to someone so I can rent an apartment. Oh, and I'd owned my condo in Denver for a while. So I had zero references, like trying to explain that to someone in 2002, oh, yeah. they were like, people just hang up on me. <laughs> and it's like, even still at this point, getting something I remember. And one of the reasons why I'm not moving right now, it's like, the paperwork and the bank account trail and yeah. all the things that I had to put down to get mm -hmm. into this rental. I'm like, really people? Oh yeah. I remember when I moved to San Diego, I had my accountant, like I came to this accountant that I got, that I found. And I was like, I had consulted and for states all over the country. I'd lived in Denver. I was working out of, I worked out of New York for a little while. I was going to school in Indiana for my MBA. And I had like seven state returns. <laughs> like I had done business with companies across seven different states. And the accountant just looked at me. He was like, I've never seen this before. <laughs> like my W-2 is from all these different states. <laughs> and it was so new. So no one knew how to set it up. No one knew how to do anything at that time. So now I'm like, okay now it's a whole different world, right? I started my new business in 2016 and like never looked back like this, like the tech seamless, all the things are seamless and it's so easy. Things are so much more advanced. I'm like, oh, do you remember? Do you remember when? <laughs> oh, I think that was also an interesting piece for us going into COVID. Yeah, because we've been used to working from home. We've been used to the whole Zoom meeting. We've both been already doing video for years at that point. It's like, what are you people talking about? Nothing is changing. I just don't get to see people. I think the difference there was that I became like the therapist, right? So like for the friends that weren't used Ooh. to being home at all the time, they'd be like, how do you do this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or the tech support. Right? It's like, how does this thing work? Yeah. How do I get the cat filter off of my Zoom call? Stop holding the camera under your nose, mom. Yeah. Ah. 
Yeah, it was an in it was an inter interesting time, though. I have to say it was fun seeing all our nerdy friends come together. And we ended up doing right in the beginning, we ended up doing so many game nights online and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, right. It's like, even though we knew the technology and we knew all of the stuff, we now suddenly did new things with it. Yeah. While we are at this, completely off topic, one of the favorite things that actually came out of COVID for me is QR code usage, believe it or not. I loved QR codes from the beginning. It's one was one of these simple, easy, scan this thing, send right, me somewhere. Yeah. And it wasn't adapted. It wasn't adapted till nobody wanted to put out paper menus or anything on the streets of San Diego. And finally, they just stuck a QR code everywhere. And now it's everywhere. Did you have any technology experience throughout COVID that was similar where it's like, oh my God, finally people get it? I think it was video, honestly. Yes, I get the QR code thing. I went they make me happy, but it's just like such a simple freaking thing that I never understood why. Like people did not adapt it. I'm like, it's so easy. It's so simple. Yet yeah. you need to have a worldwide pandemic for you to finally see the use case. And yeah, I think for me it's video because I've been talking about it and I was trying to get, I was working, I was managing social media for a university. I didn't mention this, but I've worked in higher education doing marketing for universities, teaching at universities for probably... I don't even know, 15 years if I add it all together, just the marketing for universities and helping. So I was managing social media for university and I could not get them to embrace video and like trying to explain the impact that video can have. And it wasn't until early 2021 that they were like, all right, let's try having you host an interview. Let's try it. Maybe we can do it. You know, you'll see, just put the proposal together. And it took off. I ended up doing um, one to two times a month for the university because it helped humanize people in a way that you couldn't do before. So it was what I love and what it's not just video, but it's that acceptance of it's okay to be imperfect. It's okay to be who you are as a business owner, as part of a university. That's the part people want to see. They want to know who you're going to be talking to. They want to know who they're going to be working with. They want to know who's going to be teaching them. So that let go of making everything perfect is really like at the heart of what I absolutely love about what's come out of the pandemic. And the whole pandemic thing got us that off track to roll back a little bit. So you tried in 2002-ish one time, and then you came back in 2016 to be like, hey, okay, we are doing this thing. Mm -hmm. I know a little bit of that, hey, we're doing this thing history, but go tell the audience the evolvement of your business from when you started out to what you're doing now. Yeah, so I left, I, I was managed, I was basically the CMO of a large university in Southern California, and I went to work in an agency because there was just too much pressure, too political. It was actually physically killing me. I was really unhealthy. I was working all the time. And so to work less, I'm one of the few people that actually went to an agency to do that. I gave myself a demotion. I wanted to get my hands dirty because I knew that I eventually wanted, I, in the back of my head, my goal was always to start my own agency, even though I had done it for a couple of years before. 
And so I wanted to get my hands dirty and I worked at that agency. And when they closed down, I started my own. And I, I like, like I said, I fought it for a while. Okay. I was applying for jobs and I finally, this always is such a funny way to go into a business, but I was like, I've been laid off six times. I would rather be in control and make my own goddamn bad decisions than trust someone else with them. And I want to control who I work with, who I don't work with and what that looks like. I'm going to bet on myself. And so I put everything together, started to do that. I put, I'm like a marketing strategist. I was desperately learning some more of the hands-on stuff because I ended up running departments again because I'm kind of, I like to take over things. <laughs> yeah. I might have a strong personality that likes to take over things. And so I started my agency and my very first client was a cannabis client. And it was right when cannabis was voted legal in California. And I went to a networking event and I was expecting, I'm from a small town in Northern California, a small beach town. It is known for its cannabis and like burnt out surfers kind of vibe. And so I'd always avoided it. And, but that's what I was expecting when I went to that networking event. And I came home on such a metaphorical high, not a literal high. (laughs) And I researched cannabis marketing and what's legal and what's not and who's doing it and who the competition is. That's not an easy market. Probably until four in the morning. Oh, only till four? That night. Yeah. I was on such that adrenaline high of like possibility and risk and like, what can you take? What can you do? And I enjoyed everyone I met. So I went all in, I created a business around it. I, set up marketing. I learned everything I could about the regulations in California and some of the other states where things were. And I did cannabis marketing and CBD marketing as my main focus for up until last year. And I still have a couple of CBD clients too, but the industry changed Evolved. There's a lot more competition. Businesses were struggling in California. There was a lot that happened there. That's an entirely different conversation. But what I found was that the same things were working for my cannabis clients that are under very heavy regulation were also what was working for the non-cannabis clients that I might've been working with, or like the service-based businesses that were just offering market research or business consulting or legal services to the cannabis companies. So that's where I started was focusing there. And last year, go ahead. This is the fun thing, guys, when you have two hosts on the same show (laughs) and and, and your guest catches that you are ready to ask a question. No, you already started to answer pretty much where I was going with this because I was going to ask where your passion has led you and what is Kendra doing now? Fantastic. I'm so glad you asked, Evie. So a year ago, almost exactly a year ago, I was really struggling with a bunch of health issues and I went through Master Pack NLP and there was a lot of things that just shifted into place. This time last year, I had COVID. I was in the middle of COVID for five months and it was, I realized that I was teaching. I was managing the cannabis stuff. I was working on like the higher education, some of those other clients that I had, the fintech services clients that I have. And I was all right over all over the place trying to like 
do things I enjoyed, but I didn't realize how much it was once again, affecting my health, how burnt out I'd become and how exhausted it made me. I was hard to watch you. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had to. Oh, we all have to go through our lessons, right? It's like at, at some point, but it's like you do have so much passion. You have so much commitment to everybody you are working with and everybody around you that you want to give it your all. But at some point, there was just no more time left in a day. Yeah. And, and like I had said before, that was the model that I saw in my parents' business, right? Like giving everything nonstop. And so it took the few years, what, four years now of neuro-linguistic programming, studying and learning and that changing and that focus on my health. And I literally remember sit down, I probably talked to you about it too. And I just like wrote down everything I was doing and everything had its own piece of paper because I physically wanted to see and I lined it all up and I looked at it and I saw what was working across the board, what was working for me. And that's where I decided to pivot my entire business and say, okay, here's what I'm doing. And so helping particularly women business owners over 40 show up on video, hear have their voices heard, find, be found, build their personal brand, grow their visibility, grow their leads, grow their sales. And that is where my passion is. That's what was working and what I was doing, even though I had created all these layers in different areas around it, stripped it all away. And now that's the focus. And it's been amazing. I've never been so happy at what I'm doing. It is nice seeing you with a smile again. Don't get me wrong, guys. We still have tired nights. We still have some days way too much coffee but it is it's a different energy it's a different glow it's a kendra is back and sometimes that's that i've had those stories where i'm like people were like yeah you, it's that's just what you had to go through it's just yeah. sometimes for us to realize things or to learn things or to see that yellow brick road again sometimes it just take something or it takes a little bit longer or we are just too tired to even look who knows what it is but it's like you never did stop looking there was always analyzing there was always doing i am excited you have come here now with that passion with that new focus how are you helping people what are you specifically doing now what does your business offer so glad you asked. So I'm working with business owners. I'm just relaunching. I'm so excited about this. I have taken all those years of teaching, all those years of working with entrepreneurs, working with students who are also adult. Like a lot of those were entrepreneurs and put it together into a group coaching program to help people go from invisible to invincible. So for those people that are, for those business owners that are like the hidden gem or the secret, the best kept secret, those types of descriptions don't help you grow your business. Yep. So it's helping people move from that head in the sand, ignoring marketing or feeling stuck or not sure what to do next and that overwhelm into that position of, I can confidently talk about my business. I can confidently market my business. I know where I need to be, who I'm talking to, what my message needs to be and what to say when I press go live. 
And guys, if you want to learn more about that, as always, you can dig deeper into it. The, this, uh, the link is going to be in the description. Now, I was going to get a little bit technical at the end of my show. You? So weird. <laughs> Never. Let's tool nerd a little bit. We know okay. what you're here. We know what you are offering. We know you you cleaned up, cleaned out, and rearranged a lot of things. What are those tools and processes that allow you to be and do as you do now? Good question. I have so many. I'm like, one of my assignments for my students was to create a tech stack, like a visual tech stack. And so I did that recently with myself just to see. So I rely on very similar, right? Like I rely on ClickUp. Mm -hmm. I rely on Magi and AI. Hands Ooh, down. Guys, seriously. Yes. I am jumping on this. I am a completely rude host and I'm completely cutting you off because Magi has been our tool, guys. Oh, yeah. You're still paying for a single AI. What the fuck are you doing? This is why podcast is being marked explicit because Magi gives you ChatGPT, Claude, I don't even know. I'm beta testing right now. So I have Jamal, two weird ones that I hadn't heard before in beta test. And you get the image AI too. Have you yeah. played with image AI yet? I haven't played much with it. A yet. little bit. Yeah. Remember I called you because I started there first and you were like, why are you starting there? Go back to the words. <laughs> I also Mid -journey. use What'd you say? Mid journey. Yeah, I yeah, have, yeah. I have watched Kelly work a lot in mid journey. I'm like, ooh, I need to. Play I started this. playing with it actually over the weekend because I I was just like, what does that look like? What if I use an image there? So I use Active Campaign for my emails. I use ClickUp for management. I use Descript for video repurposing. I use Magi for all the things, and Thrivecart for my program hosting. I use, there's so many more too that are just like smaller, quick things that I don't realize like Canva and easel for design work. What else do I use? I feel like I have so many. Those are the main ones, I think. Go ahead. Your tech stack is pretty much similar to mine where it's like, we just switch back to active campaign. I'm like, is it quite, and it, 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 it's one of the higher costing tools we use. But it's so worth it because Active Campaign pretty much integrates everywhere. It it makes life so simple. I think you're using StreamYard too, similar to me. Yeah. Ecamm. Ecamm sometimes, yeah. I also, and this is really ridiculous, but I've been using, I use GoodNotes for my iPad every single day. It's like mm -hmm. the whole reason for my iPad. Mm -hmm. And I've been using the Notes app just on my phone, on my computer. And here's what I did. Is I and I actually recorded a video about of this that I'm gonna I'm editing right now or working with an editor. I went live every single day in July on Instagram, and I put that plan together in hours. I used Magi and I set up the prompts so that way I could say, okay, here's my target audience. This is what I want to say. This is what I do. Got the weekly themes, created the content for each of those days, put the speaking points together. I had Magi put together a hook talking points, a CTA, and a social media post. I gave it examples of everything I needed, revised as I went, put the social media posts for every single day in my notes so that way I could pull them up and just copy and paste them into, into um, Instagram. 
I was using InShot for my covers and I did that without it like, taking much time each day. It was one of the easiest processes that I put together once I put the process together. Guys, did you hear that? Did you just hear that? Going live for 30 days in a row. Being 31. In the process. 31. <laughs> being an easy process. That's mm -hmm. what happens when you actually use the tools that are around. And I love that you brought up GoodNotes and the Notes app in our phone because it's like, I did the same thing last night when we went out where I'm like, I'm going to have people following on Instagram and here and there. I'm like, forget about that. I pulled up my Notes app on the phone, noted down their company slash Instagram name, their actual name, grabbed a phone number, grabbed an email and had a list of everybody that I wanted to connect with on high priority because I knew it's just going to get lost somewhere in an Instagram message or whatever. But it comes down to using, first of all, the best tool is the one you always use. Yeah. Second of all, the one that's easily accessible. And especially on iPhone, the Notes app, I have it on my first screen. It's there. I think it's one of those things where sometimes we overlook what's simple and easy for what's the fanciest not or what other people tell us they think they that we need when really it's just the Notes app. Like my sister told me that she created a whole calendar for her content calendar and Google because it's just working for her. Like whatever you're going to use and whatever you're working for is working for you. Make it work for your new process. Because when you start to add in too many extra tools, and I've done this myself many times too. Like I can't tell you how many different process management tools from day planners and physical fucking books that I had to carry around to, to Asana, to Facecamp, to all of the different things to try and find what's going to work for me. And part of it's a little bit of ADHD, right? Like, oh, this routine's working. Let me fuck it all up and try this over here because <laughs> that thing over there might be shinier. And I'm the tool squirrel over here. By the way, I haven't even told you that yet. I have been working on building a dashboard that emulates the full focus planner in ClickUp. However, I've been going a step further rather than three things in a day. It's only one thing. I read uh, the one thing book and it makes yeah. so much freaking sense. So yeah, I've been working on a ClickUp dashboard that that really allows one to focus. I'm like, it's going to be based more on the one thing rather than the full focus, where the full focus planner has, like, I think, three things to focus on yeah. or something. However, it's going to be different focus areas where it's going to be one one a day, one a week, one a month, where you have the bigger projects for the month. Yeah. And then, this is the one thing I need to get the fuck done today. It's so funny you say that. I actually really like that book because it helped me look at things differently. And it was very much like how to break it down because that's something that I notice most of the planners and even the tools that I use. Like, I'm such a big picture person. <laughs> And like I already said, I've had 20 different things going on at once because that's how I think. Yep. And so being able to actually force myself to focus in one way while I still can dance around over here, it helps make a big difference. And with that, we are going to be focusing on kicking ass, taking names, and getting people into your program. So guys, Absolutely. as always, you are going to find all of Kendra's information and the book links we mentioned and all the things in the description. It's right there. 
Go make sure, follow her on Instagram, connect with her. Yes, Kendra is just as open in her DMs as I am. So pop on in, say hi, tell her you listened, watched, read the episode. And thanks coming on today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Drinks again soon. I'm like, we're done already? (laughs) We're done already. We are at 30 minutes, actually, believe it or not. And with that, everybody, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you are not missing any of the upcoming episodes. You are getting to meet a couple more of my inner circle people. Thanks again for coming on, Kendra. And I'm going to see, listen, and read all of you in the next episode. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye.